the beginning was the word. 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 Word, I'm gonna say the word. 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 From the studios of KJZZ in Tempe, Arizona, welcome to Word. I'm your host, Tom Maxidon. We're focusing on the literary arts throughout Arizona and the region. Among many things, February is National Haiku Writing Month, also called Nahai Rimo, and we want you to get involved. All month long, we're asking you to send us your haiku about Arizona. Details are available at word.kjzz.org. At the end of this episode, we'll reveal the last week's winner. Valley writer Tomas Stanton wears many hats as the community engagement manager for Mesa Arts Center. He's the co-producer of the storytelling and spoken word series Wordplay Cafe and also administrates Project Lit. That's an out-of-school program that uses poetry, hip-hop, and drama to promote literacy and learning in young students and emerging adults in the Valley. Tomas, welcome to Word. Thank you for having me. Oh, Wordplay Cafe, I think, is where I first saw you and, and some of the poets that came there, um, folks that had things kind of pre-planned and then other folks that maybe showed up during the event and kind of got inspired. How often does that kind of thing happen? So that happens once a month, uh, every second Thursday um, of the month at the Nile Cafe. And then this Project Lit, is that still going on too? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Project Lit is in full force right now. Um, we are just entered into our second semester of programming and we'll be hosting our seventh annual uh, Youth Poetry Festival in April. So that's pretty exciting as well. So what things go into making Project Lit a reality? Um, I mean, you're dealing with a lot of diverse interests and a lot of different backgrounds, right? So they come in kind of knowing that they're ultimately hoping to perform, right? So these are people who are interested in doing that in the first place. Yeah, some of them. So the way that we, you know, we learned early on that um, despite our extreme excitement and interest for the culture of spoken word poetry, that if you just uh, put up a sign or, or make an announcement for a poetry club at a high school, you're not going to get a, a ton of interest, right? right? So we do this thing called a rush day where we work with the sponsor teacher at the school and they coordinate uh, either an assembly hall or some type of performance space. And then we, on our end, we bring in between three and four professional poets and spoken word artists. And then we do school-wide assemblies all day and just kind of demonstrating the different types and different forms of poetry, whether it's a free verse, um, you know, a poetic narrative, things of that nature. Um, and then afterwards, we tell the students, all right, this is the gist of what we're going to be doing in Poetry Club. And if you're interested, come, you know, whatever day it is, Tuesday, Wednesday, after school for an hour and engage with us. We go to their school. So we gotcha. are in uh, approximately 16 schools uh, throughout the valley. A uh, majority of them are in Mesa, but we are in some schools in various different areas in Phoenix. Um, but yeah, we send teaching artists out to their schools uh, to meet them where they are. You've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, just like anything that is somewhat repetitive, you could get tired of it, but you never seem to. Where do you get the <laughs> juice from to perform these live events and, and work with kids and just keep constantly creating? 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to be surrounded by a beautiful community of people. I think um, I do get tired of it. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been doing it uh, for, for almost 10 years now. And so when I first started, I was uh, strictly a spoken word artist. And now I've looked to kind of expand the form of storytelling and I've tried uh, to challenge myself to do different things. So a couple years ago, I actually worked with a collective of artists and we wrote a play, a hip hop theater play that used spoken word poetry and uh, hip hop and, and all that as the as the dialogue for the play. So that was kind of a way to extend the conversation. Um, and then recently I got into more traditional forms of storytelling, which is what gave birth to Wordplay Cafe. Um, so I just try to challenge myself to, you know, look at different ways to tell stories, whether it's through a uh, a poem that is meant to live on the page, uh, a spoken word poem that's meant to be performed in front of people, to playwriting and all the different capacities. Yeah, it's a really good point that you make. And I want to talk a little bit about form because there is a difference between just writing for the page and, and performing. And, and some folks are not necessarily comfortable getting up in front of an audience, right, mm-hmm. and performing their work. Or maybe the the piece itself is too short, for instance, like in a haiku. They're very difficult to, you know, kind of keep people's attention Mm -hmm. and then vice versa. You know, sometimes you can kind of have folks who might get up there and maybe they just seem like they're going on a little bit too long. How do you strike the right balance? Uh, What type of advice do you give to folks who are performing? To first and foremost, to respect where you are. Like, what are your goals as an artist, as a writer, as a performer? You know, like I don't, I write first and foremost for myself. Um, not necessarily to always share with other people. I think there is power in sharing with other folks. Um, but, you know, I write almost daily and at least, <laughs> this is a rough estimate, but 60% of the things that I write don't ever uh, reach the stage or, you know, or, or become a part of a book that I'm working on or something like that. It's just for me to, you know, kind of, therapeutic, I guess, in a way to, sure. to be therapeutic. Sure. But so first and foremost, you know, respect yourself and then uh, respect the space. You know, at Wordplay Cafe, for example, uh, we have a strict five minute time limit. Um, and um, if you go over that time limit, our DJ and our musician will politely and respectfully fade you out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's just a part of the culture there, you know, because we want to challenge folks to be able to try to... Uh, look at language and the economy of language, right? And and you have this story that could be a 15, 20 minute story, right? right? But like now you're challenged to fit that in a five minute time frame. You have to look at language a lot differently. You have to trim fat where you maybe wouldn't have. And so, but then there are some spaces where you have a, a more extended time frame. So I will say that I love uh, an event there. Have you ever heard of the haiku death match? I have, yeah. <laughs> so so this is a, is a beautiful space where actually the haiku is the, the frontal point of the, of the event. And uh, it does challenge you as a writer to really consolidate what you're trying to say, to use that form in a very engaging, competitive way. Uh, that keeps an audience on their uh, toes. I've seen some amazing haiku death matches. 
We're speaking with Tomas Stanton, who is uh, Mesa Art Center's Community Engagement Manager and also the co-producer of a storytelling and spoken word series. And boy, economy of language definitely is required for haiku. This is National Haiku Writing Month, Nahai Raimo to abbreviate. And so we wanted to get people involved in the act of writing. And so having taught as you do, I value forms, and I also love it when students take license and expand, you know, kind of what you were talking about a little bit ago. But haiku, I would have to say, is definitely one of my favorite forms. And you have actually also incorporated it in your own teaching, correct? Correct, yeah. We host a uh, competition. It's kind of one of the culminating events of our first semester of um, work at the Mesa Art Center. And it was a combination of three things that I felt were very valuable and and I loved. And um, one of them is a uh, national poetry competition called Poetry Out Loud, which allows students to uh, pick a poem from an anthology that was written by another poet and to uh, deconstruct that poem, to find the connections to their story in that poem and then they perform it for an audience and they're they're judged and you know it's a, it's a really great opportunity for students um, to be introduced to poetry in a really cool way right um, and then another thing that I really love uh, is when we create opportunities for for young folks um, for all folks but particularly young folks to to investigate their own lives through poetic narrative and so this classic ish slam has three rounds of poetry. One round is a poetry out loud poem. The other round is a personal poetic narrative that they wrote and perform. And then the third round is a haiku. Because for us, that haiku was kind of the icing on the cake uh, for two reasons. One, three rounds of poetry can be very long and you want to be able to keep everyone's attention so that haiku is obviously a a very condensed uh, form of poetry but also it challenges students to be able to really think critically about the economy of language and words you know how do you tell a story in 575 you know like how do you do it right and uh I really enjoy writing haikus. It's a challenge for me. And so we introduced it to our students and they just took to it and loved it. And it's amazing to, to see what happens when they're challenged in that way. You're listening to Word from the studios of KJZZ in Tempe, Arizona. I'm Tom Maxidon. My guest is Tomas Stanton from the Mesa Art Center. A lot of people would ask, you know, so what? Right. What's what's the benefit of learning this skill? How does that going to translate maybe to a career, a vocation, something like that? Mm -hmm. Would you have any response to a question like that? Yeah, absolutely. Attitude. There's three things that that you will need, and and this is, in my opinion, and I think the opinion of of quite a few people, uh, in order to be successful in life, Uh, you need to know how to read, you need to know how to write, and you need to know how to speak and articulate yourself. And this allows students uh, an unconventional way of developing these skills to be able to articulate yourself through writing, through speaking and through uh, reading and understanding uh, pieces of work. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just no better way to be able to develop these skills. And, And 
most people, I would even, you know, kind of toss the ball your way in, in your profession, you speak for a living. Right. At some point, you can probably pinpoint where you had an opportunity as a young person to face the fear of speaking in public and to develop that skill, right? And it's not something that we do very well, I think, in, in education um, because it's so difficult, but I don't think we do that very well to provide students various different opportunities to speak in public, right? If you're not a uh, an arts student and you're not a thespian in, in theater, then what are your other opportunities to speak in public um, as a young person? You know, speech and debate is something, but like I certainly wasn't interested in speech and debate, um, nor was I interested in the theater. But when you create a space for a young person to just be able to tell their story, you know, that's it. It's the only requirement. We just want you to tell your story. You can use poetic devices. You can use the format of a story. Like you can use all these different things, but the most important thing is that you're getting up in front of people and you're speaking in public and you're telling your story. And once you kind of gain that momentum and you develop the practice of speaking, reading, and writing, that then transitions to kind of all facets of life, whether it's writing a resume, writing an article. Um, one of the things that we always say is that if you can break it down on a mic, then you can break it down in a boardroom. You can break <laughs> it down on a first date. You can break it down in a conversation with your parents as a young person, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So our articulation comes from that. And uh, I think the other missing component possibly would be reading and the value of reading to writing. You cannot expect, I, I don't think, to be a good writer if, you, if you're not reading, if you're not challenging yourself, right? If you're not mm -hmm. uh, taking on material that you don't necessarily know about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's difficult, I think, even more so in this day and age. I think with technology and the advancements and things like social media and um, YouTube, and it's very difficult, I think, to get young folks to read. I think it's difficult to get anybody to read. But the thing is, is the hook is, and this is what we've learned, is that we kind of appeal to humans' desire to want to tell their story. I think everyone has a desire to be heard and to be understood. And so we appeal yeah. through this, okay, you're going to tell your story, but in order to get really good at telling your story, eventually you're going to have to start reading and studying and deconstructing other people's stories, right? And so once they get excited about it, and then generally that excitement leads them to want to get better, and then we say, okay, well, for every poem you write, a rule of thumb is that you have to read five poems. Right. And so you just develop this practice, but you do it in a kind of a backwards way instead of just saying you need to write or read five poems to write a poem. We go in and we say, look, just tell your story, write the poem, write the poem, write the poem. And eventually they get excited. And then you introduce this this practice. Well, that's just exactly what we want to do. We want you to write the poem, write the poem, write the poem. In fact, all month here on KJZZ, we are focusing on the art of haiku. In this particular program, if you go to the website word.kjzz.org, you can find our contest rules. Uh, we want you to be thinking about Arizona, which I, th I think is pretty natural. Is there a haiku that comes to mind that you yeah. can think of? One day I was sitting out on the porch um, during monsoon season with my dog, who I love. It was very meditative. It was a, it was a monsoon had just kind of 
finished. And uh, so I wrote a poem, obviously, in Arizona. We are uh, very fortunate to enjoy the monsoon season. So this is a haiku uh, about monsoons. Suffocated sun, slanted downpour thunderclaps, liquefied sidewalks. Nice. I mean, you can <laughs> see and hear all of that as, as if somebody else was actually sitting on their front porch. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I'll return the favor. This is one that I, I came up with uh, about Arizona. Coppered plain between curtain rod and window frame, western light sandwich. <laughs> nice. I love it. And so I'm thinking about, though, that would be so hard to perform, I think, in any other space. You know, that how long did that take me to recite that? 15 seconds? 15 right? seconds at best, yeah. <laughs> Unless, of course, it was, you know, a, a haiku death match. You know, I think yeah. you have to create a space that is specifically for haikus. If you go to a storytelling event where folks are expecting more lengthy stories and you just read off a bunch of haikus... Um, then it might be a little awkward, but I'm also uh, a big fan of creating awkward spaces sometimes. <laughs> so, right. you know, I have five minute time limit and I'm going to do 50 haikus. <laughs> right, right. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Well, we thank you for the space that you've created for uh, enterprising writers of all ages with all of the things that you've done there as a community engagement manager, Tomas Stanton. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And now it's time to reveal this week's winner. His name is Jason Lee, and he sent us a haiku through Twitter. Here's the poem that Jason submitted. Heat of angered God burns down upon wretched souls. Welcome to Phoenix. Snaps to Jason, and thanks for sharing the poem with Word. Now a new week begins, so get your haiku in. Details are at word.kjzz. Org. Word. Word. Word, I'm going to say the word. 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 Thanks for listening to Word from the KJZZ Studios in Tempe, Arizona. You can find previous episodes of our podcast on SoundCloud or word.kjzz.org. I'm Tom Maxidon.